0: what I want to do. I want us to pray one more time, and we're going to ask God to uh, just do something in our hearts today, all right, just to help us hear from him. So let's, let's uh, go to God right now. God, help us to focus in right now. God, focus in for the next few moments, Jesus, on what you may have for us. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, anybody watch the Olympics a couple of weeks ago? Anybody watch the Olympics? I watched a little bit of a couple of hands. Uh, I, I watched it just a little bit, like, running, swimming things like that and um you know when you watch the olympics i mean those people are elite athletes right i mean they are at the top of their game i mean their entire life has led to to that moment they they are literally elite athletes and when you watch the olympics let's just be honest you are watching men and women do things that you and i will never do right i mean i mean listen i will never i will never swim like michael phelps well yeah you can if you just believe in yourself no i won't it's not going to happen. I will never run like Usain Bo. I mean, I, I will never be like, they are elite. Athletes, And so here's what I want to do today. Uh, I just want to, as we're in part two of this series called One, last week we started this idea, this series, we're going to carry it all fall, of, of your one, that one person that you know who is far from God. And I just want to squash this idea today as we're in this idea, this thing, uh, this, uh, this, just we're living with this series called One, of, uh, as we're thinking about making an eternal difference in people's lives. I just want to squash the idea that only elite Christians do that. you know what I mean? I just want to squash the idea that elite Christians are the people who lead their friends to the Lord. Only elite Christians are the ones that really make a difference for God. Listen, when you read this book, this book is not the story of elite people who had it all together and then God just came along and made, made perfect people even better. That's not the Bible. The Bible is the story of normal men and women just like you and me who met an an incredible God, and God changed everything for them. And and so that's the story of the Bible. There, there's no such thing as an elite Christian. So you might be here today, and you're thinking, "Oh well, listen, people who lead their friends to the Lord and all this other stuff. Listen, I can't do that. I still, when I get stuck in traffic, I still stay, I still say stuff I shouldn't say. I still kick the dog. I still lose my temper. No, no, no. Listen, there is no J V. and varsity Christianity. All right, there is a relationship with God. We are we all might be at different stages, but I want to say this to you today: if you've experienced the grace of God, then you have everything you need to help other people experience that grace right now. Okay? And and listen, that doesn't mean you don't need to read the Bible more or, or go deeper in your knowledge of God. Absolutely you do. We all do. But here's what I mean. If you have experienced the grace of God, then right now as you're in this room and it's raining cats and dogs outside, you have everything you need right now while you're in that seat if you're a follower of Jesus to help other people experience that same grace. So last week we talked about that one that you know, that one person who is far from God. And today what I want to challenge our church, I want, our chal- I want to challenge our church today to be the one. So last week we thought about that one person, but today we want to talk about how to be the one. How can you be the one for that one person that you know, that maybe you wrote their names on these doors last week, who is far from God. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn it to Luke chapter 15. All right. So Luke 15 is where we're at today. And we're just gonna read through the story of the shepherd and the lost sheep, okay? So Luke 15, if you got a Bible, if not, open up your copy of the word of God. And we're in Luke 15, and I'm gonna start reading in verses Uh, three through seven. It says this, so he told them this parable, what man of you, having a hundred sheep if he's lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no no repentance so so I want to ask you a question today some and I want to ask you a question and my question is simply this what will you do for your one that one person that you thought of you wrote their name maybe on something or you've been thinking about them this week you're you're you're, you're maybe you're talking to God about them hopefully you are what will you do for that one Maybe you left last week, or maybe that's what you're thinking, man, I would love to know something to do, okay? I got my one. I've got. I've been wearing my scone bracelet, and people have been asking me, am I selling pastries for a bake sale all week long? And so, so Mark, what I do for my one, I want to give you five things very quickly, all right? Five things very quickly that you and I can do for that one person far from God. And listen, anybody in the room can do this. It doesn't matter if you're five or 50. If you've got a relationship with Jesus, I promise you, it doesn't matter who you are where you're at any of us can do these five things all right so here we go five things you need to buckle up because we just put the millennium falcon into hyperdrive all right so number one is you can pray for them what's one thing i can do for what's something i can do for my one pray for them Hey, how many of you in the past six months, maybe you've been in an argument with somebody over a, a political uh, topic? Maybe your candidate, you've got an argument with uh, about your candidate versus their candidate or some kind of political topic. Anybody get in an argument about that over the past six months? Some people like you just punch the air. Yes! Right? Well, here's the deal when you get in an, in an argument like that, what are you trying to do? You're trying to convince them they're an idiot. Right? You're trying to convince them that they're wrong, you're right. You're trying to convince them, hey, my side's the good side. You need to come onto my side. Listen, that's fine when you're talking politics, but that's not what we're doing when we're trying to get people to come into a relationship with God. We're not trying to convince people that we're right and they're wrong, that my side is better. And the reason we're not trying to convince people is that you can't. It's that I can't. Remember last week, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says that we are dead in our sins. So listen to me, every single time anybody, anywhere becomes a follower of Jesus, it is because God in that moment performed a resurrection. It isn't because the sermon was good. It isn't because your arguments were convincing. It isn't because you're a, very, you're a very clear and eloquent speaker. No, it was because the power of God used the word of God coming through your life and God saved somebody. Listen, Summit, write this down. Only God saves, okay? Only God saves. If I can talk you into getting saved, anybody can talk you out of it. Why? Because I did it, not God. I don't want to talk anybody into getting saved. I want God to save everybody. Only God saves people. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire, so here's a question, is your heart's desire to see people come into a relationship with God? Is it? Is it? My heart's desire and my prayer to God for the Israelites, your Bible might say for them, is that they may be saved. Pray to God, pray for them. Mark, how do I pray? Here's how you pray for lost people, okay? You pray for them by name. By name. So, God, I'm praying for Sally. I'm praying for Joe. I'm praying for Tom. I'm praying for whoever it is. I'm praying for them. I'm lifting their name up to God. I'm, I'm praying for them by name. God, open their eyes to see you. God, change their hearts so that they see how much they need you. Here's a simple prayer. God, save fill in the blank. God save, fill in the blank. Pray for them. So many times we say, oh my gosh, I would tell people about Jesus. I don't know the Bible well enough. Oh my gosh, I would tell people about Jesus. But what if they ask me a question? I don't know. As if it all hangs on us. And I want to say to you today, God saves. God saves. So pray for them. Pray for them. Here's number two, pray with them. Pray with Vim, I get this question all the time, Mark, how can I talk to my friends about God? That's an awesome question. There's a million different ways I could answer that. but here's a suggestion: What if you started talking to God with your friends? Right? What if you started talking to God with your friends? I love Galatians chapter six verse two. It just simply says this, "Carry one another's burdens. You know what, a simple way to do that? Pray with people. Pray with people. Somebody at your work, at your school, they're sharing something that's going on at their house, in their life. Man, I, man something's going on. Man, I, I don't know if I'm going to pass this test. I don't know if I'm going to get into this school. I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. Right there in that moment, what if you looked at them and said, hey, can I pray for you about that? See, a lot of people are put off by Christianity and even church. Few people are put off by prayer. Few people are. Now, yeah, you might know that one guy, but you know what? The majority of people, if you said, can I pray for you? Absolutely, you can pray for me. Here, but, and, and, and listen, listen. You might maybe, hey, can I, pray? can I pray for you about that? Listen, if you ask somebody that this week, watch what happens to the conversation because it will change. And maybe you go off in your car or you go home later that night, you pray for them. But can I, you want to take it to the next level? Man, I got, man, I, I don't know if my kids are going to be okay. I, I don't know if they're going to make it. I just see this road they're going down. And what if in that moment you stopped and you said, hey, let's pray about it right now. And in that moment, you just pray. What if that happened? What if you did that this week? Somebody's talking to you about something in their life. Somebody's talking to you about a need. It doesn't matter where you are. Oh man, hey, I hate to hear that. Let's pray about it right now. We can pray, bro. We're in the toilet paper aisle at Walmart. You can pray in the toilet paper aisle. Listen, you can pray anywhere. Cause here's why that's a big deal. Here's why you should do this, and I promise when you do that, when you pray with people, with people, in that moment, I promise you, here's what you're telling people. You are telling people, no matter what you're going through, the biggest reality at, at any moment is God. He's such a big reality, you can talk to him anywhere. You can talk to him at church, at work, at school, in the toilet paper aisle. You can talk to him in the car. You can talk to God anywhere. So let's let's pray about it right now. Now some of you are saying this, well I would but I don't pray in public because it freaks me out. I'm scared to death to pray in public. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Listen, we've all at one time probably been scared to pray in public. I remember when I first became a Christian, I was scared out of my ever-loving mind to pray in public, and I got saved. I was at uh, Hyman First Baptist Church over there in Knox County, and uh, and I don't know what I was doing, but it was at church. It was at church when I had only been saved for a couple of weeks, and their youth pastor at the time, Jeff McIntyre, he worked he works at Camp Nathaniel. A lot of you guys know him. All the youth group was just up on stage with Jeff. I mean, I had not been saved maybe a month, and Jeff McIntyre. Uh, he's we're wrapping up. I can't even remember what it was. Something was shutting down, and when stuff. Closes or ends in church, you're know, supposed to pray. And so Jeff looks, Jeff turns around, he's got a microphone. He says, and to close us in prayer, Mark Combs, boom, gives me the mic and walks away. And there I am, just like, let's pray. And I don't even remember what I said. I, I mean, it was like in church. I could have been like, Jesus, thanks for food? Bye? I don't know. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. But you know, I, I, Mark, I, scared, I would pray in front of people, but I'm scared I might say the wrong thing. Mark, I, I would pray with people. I'd pray in public, but you know what? I'm scared i will say something dumb. Mark, I would pray in public, but I don't want everybody thinking about me. Hey, hey, listen, can I challenge you for a second? When you talk that way, what's the one thing all of those have in common? It's all about you. It's all about you. I hear a lot of me, 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 and I, I, I. And listen, if you would die to that and lean in and take a step of faith, I think that God might use you. I think that God might use you at school and where you work to show everybody around you, you know what, hey, you got a need, we can talk to God about it right now. And it can be God, heal them, amen. Jesus, be with their kids, amen. And you're showing people, biggest reality is God. So pray for people, pray with people. Number three is invite people to church. Invite people to church. I mean, we just saw baptisms of people that were invited to come here, and God radically changed their lives. In um in John chapter 4, there's a story about a woman at, a well, at the well with Jesus, and they have a conversation. Jesus begins to uh, just unwrap this woman's life, and, and she's never the same because of this conversation that she has with Jesus. And so this woman puts her water jar down. She goes there to get water. That was her sole purpose that day. Runs away from her water jar. She forgets the very reason that she got up and went to the, to the to there anyway. Look at John 4, 29. She goes back into town, tells everybody, look at this, come and see. Come see a man who's told me everything I ever did. Could this be on the side? Come see. What's she doing? She's inviting them. Hey, hey, you need to come and meet this guy. Hey, listen, you need to come to my church. I mean, it's not a perfect church, but listen, the pastor's really attractive, and it's got some other things going for it, but I don't know why you're laughing, Um, but did you know that Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be in their midst. Can I just submit to every one of us today, we have no idea what is happening right now in this room. Why should I invite people to church? This is not a perfect church. No church is a perfect church, but when two or more people come together in the name of Jesus, Jesus shows up. Stop right now and ask yourself that. Do you believe that Jesus is in this room right now? Listen, if you say no, bro, I don't know why you came. I mean, really, do you believe that that the living God is right here in our midst? Well, then, hey, I, hey, just come, just just come and come and see, just come and see. This woman goes and invites everybody. The town comes to Jesus. I love their next response, 4, 442. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. We know that this man really is the savior of the world. Do you know why that happened? Because we say this all the time. One invite can change a life. One invite can change a life. I'm going to spend the uh, longest time on this one. Number four, number four, grab this. Take notes. Tune in if, you, if you've been uh, checked out because this could change your week. Live sent wherever you are. Live sent Wherever you are, here's what that means. I bet your kitchen at home is just like my kitchen at my house. Everything has its own drawer, cabinet, and nothing touches each other, right? So I got, a, I got a drawer for the utensils. I got a cabinet for the pots and pans, cabinets for other things. I bet your kitchen is just like that. Everything's got drawers, cabinets. It's all separate. Listen, that's fine for your kitchen. That's a horrible way to live, though. But some people, a lot of Christians, live that way. So I got my, my job here and my kids here and my relationship with here. God's here. This is the spiritual drawer. And I I pull the spiritual drawer out on Sundays and maybe when life's hard. Can I submit to you, if you live this way, this is probably the reason that when you think about God, the only thing that relevant comes to your mind is, yeah, God's going to take me to heaven, but I don't know how he's relevant on Tuesday afternoon. So we have all these drawers for life. Here's my job and here's Jesus. Here's how the Bible talks. 1 Corinthians 10 31. Whether you eat or drink or what's the next word? Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So here's how the Bible talks. The Bible says, do whatever you do, For the glory of God. Do whatever you do for the glory of God. See, God, if God is the creator of everything, then everything God has made, church, God made it for his glory, for our enjoyment, so that everything that God made, yeah, people have taken a lot of things that God made and they use it for sinful reasons, but you and I, with every single thing that God has made, including your job, Including the season of life that you're in right now, including the grade you're in at school, we can use those opportunities. We can use those things as an opportunity to show people how good and great God is. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. See, the Bible never says that the only people who have spiritual jobs are pastors and church leaders. The Bible never says that. Instead, what the Bible says is that God gives all of us different skills, different passions, different opportunities, and we are to use those opportunities, even if it's a job that you are not particularly fired up to go to tomorrow. But we are to use those opportunities, as Ephesians 6, 7 says, as unto the Lord. Man, I want to say a sentence, and I promise this sentence could change your week. I promise it can. Write this down, write this down. Your opportunity to serve Jesus, lead, influence, and make a difference for Jesus is not limited to a church. Man, that was good. Your opportunity to serve Jesus, lead, and influence, and make a difference for Jesus, it is not limited to a church. It is not limited to a church event. It is not limited to a church program. We talk all the time about being a sent church, listen, that is not limited to missionaries and church planners. When we talk about when I, when I talk about being a sent church, I'm talking about teachers. And I'm talking about nurses, and I'm talking about doctors, and lawyers, and janitors, and stay-at-home moms. And I'm talking about freshmen in high school. I'm talking about you wherever you are. It is an opportunity to make a kingdom difference at your job, your vocation, this week. And and listen, listen, that doesn't mean that you go to work tomorrow and you make the break room the next Billy Graham crusade. don't, Don't do that. All right, That doesn't mean that you go to school tomorrow and get on the intercom. Can I have everybody's attention, please? Yeah, you guys are totally going to bust hell wide open. We need to meet in the lunchroom. Don't do that. Doesn't mean on company time you just sit on Facebook all day sharing Jesus memes. It doesn't. So so what does it mean? Listen, I I think what it means for you at your job that it's a spiritual opportunity to make a kingdom difference. I think one of the things it means, you know, so much of the world is driven by the next paycheck, isn't it? So much of the world that we live in is just driven by our own advancement, living for our own kingdoms. And listen, when I say that, a lot of Christians are living that way too. That we've taken Jesus and we've tacked on the American dream. Oh, I thought Jesus just didn't want me to cuss at work, but I've got the same goals as my lost co-worker. Same goals as my lost classmate. So much of the world that we live in is driven by the next paycheck and our own agenda, our own advancement. But when you serve that one student, and, the, and your motivation is just to help them, because that's what you would want somebody to do for you. Uh, that's the golden rule when you you serve that patient when you serve that group of people you know what your boss might not see that your supervisor might not see that you may never get a promotion for that but do you know who does see it every time God sees it God sees it and they might never bring you up in the next board meeting and say Joe is the employee of the month but God in heaven sees it and says that is good that is good some of you guys here, you've got positions of influence. Maybe it's at work, maybe you've got a government position of influence and and, and when you leverage the influence that you have, might be the influence that you have in your home, might be the influence you've got at school, you're really popular. And you know what? I honestly pray to God that every single person in this church, you would get every promotion coming your way. You would get every ounce of influence that God would want to give you because when you step into that position of influence, you would leverage that influence, not for your own agenda or your own kingdom, but because you're a citizen of another kingdom. And you use that influence. When, when, when you're in that position of influence, boss, manager, CEO, you work for the city government or whatever, the, the state, when you leverage that position of influence for the good of your employees, for the good of the city, not for your own gain, not for your own agenda. Aren't we just tired of people that get into power and they use the power for themselves? Right? That's, that's one of the problems that a lot of us have. But when you leverage that power, say, you know what? This is not about me. This is about another king with another kingdom. So I'm going to do good for these people. I want you to know that stands out. That stands out more so a lot of ways than, it, than a sermon would stand out. Students. When you're surrounded by so many classmates who all they think about is the future and getting out of school, going to a better school, getting a big job that's going to pay all kinds of money, or maybe you're surrounded by people they're not even thinking about the future, they're just thinking about right now. You know, right now this feels good. Right now it feels good when we do this together. Right now I know people are telling me it's bad for me, but this makes me happy. I want to do this. But when you say, you know what, I think there is another option. I think there's something bigger that I can live for. I think there's something better that I could live for. I think there's something that will last forever that I can start to live for right now. And his name is Jesus and that kingdom. Listen, when that begins to trickle down in the way that you think, talk, and act, it stands out in your school. It will. And when you go to a job (laughs) and you hate it, when you go to that job and you hate that job, And you walk in, but you walk in and you say, you know what, this might not be my dream job. This might not be where I thought I was going to end up. But you know what, I might be sent here. And you know what? I've got goals and I'm trying to do better for myself and I've got other plans. I'm probably not going to be here forever. But right now, I think that I, I think this is an opportunity. I think I've been sitting here. Maybe I've been sitting here for that one employee, that one coworker who is always coming to me with problems. Why are they always coming to me with problems? Their problems are my problems. Maybe they just keep coming to you because they see, you know what, there is something that stands out about you. And you know what, you might hate that job and think it is, it's a dead-end job, but you've been sent to that job, because God's got an agenda. Listen, if we could live sent wherever we are, we don't need to stand up tomorrow and preach some loud sermon at at where we work and where we go to school, but if we would say, you know what? I have been sent here. I will do work with excellence. I will show up on time. I will serve these people. Why? Because God sees what I do, and I work ultimately for him. Listen, I am telling you, that would change the world. Live sent Where you are, number five, last thing, number five, last thing. We got to wrap this up. There's fried chicken waiting on everybody in the multipurpose room. Tell people your story. Tell people your story. If you've met Jesus, you've got a story. And your story is not, I was bad, now I'm good. Your story is not, I needed some church, I started going to church. Your story is, I was blind, now I see. That's your story. In John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man who was blind from birth, and it starts a commotion in this city. That man's brought before the religious leaders, and they ask him this question. In John uh, 9, 24, they ask him this question here. I don't know if it's on the screen or not. I'm going to turn there myself. John 9, 24, it says this. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know this man's a sinner. In other words, they say this, tell us who Jesus is. Okay, now you were blind, born that way, now you see. Tell us who Jesus is. Is Jesus God? Tell us every single thing you know about Jesus. And I love his answer right here, verse 25. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Here's what that means, here's what that guy says. He says, listen, guys, I, I don't know all the answers to your questions about Jesus. I might not be able to answer all your questions about God, and I might not be able to answer all your questions about the Bible, but I do know one thing, I was blind. And now I see. Listen, if you have met Jesus, that is your story. And it's a story that the world needs to hear. So what are you going to do? I want to challenge our church over the next seven days to do something. It might just be that you start to pray for that person by name. It might be this week, you know what, I'm going I'm to pray with somebody, somebody comes to me with a need, I'm gonna ask them, hey, let's pray about it right now. It might be that you invite them, say, to come alive in a couple of weeks on October the 2nd, or you just invite them to church. It might be that you just have this shift in the way that you think, you know what? Man, that job might not be the dream job, but I think I'm sent there for right now. And you know what? What if you told people your story? Maybe, maybe today's the day that Jesus needs to change your story. And you've been trying to run the show and be your own boss and Lord, and it's not been working out well. And listen, if it has been working out well, there has been working out well, there's going to come a day soon it won't work out well because death will take everything from all of us. But there is one man who endured death for all of us and beat it and invites us to eternal life. And his name is Jesus. And right now, if you ask him to save you and to be your Lord, he will. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. Thank you for your word, God. It's true. And Jesus, we just thank you that that shepherd left everything, did whatever it took for that one sheep. And Jesus, this this whole idea of one, this is not about, this is not about this is not about this church getting bigger or anything like that. It's, It's really about us getting on the same page as you are. It's really about us. Maybe dropping our small mission so that we can be a part of your big mission to save the world with the gospel. So God, I pray that, I pray, God, what we've talked about today it would impact somebody's life, somebody right here, and God, that impact would in turn impact that one person. Every head by with every eye closed. How many of you would say, you know what, Mark, God is calling me to do something for that one person. Might be something that I talked about, might be something completely different. But Mark, God is calling me to do something for that one person, I'd love for you to pray for me. Would you raise your hand right now just so I can see it and pray for you today? Raise your hands. There's a hand right there. Mark, God's calling me to do something. Right over here, over here. Here's hands right up front. There's hands right there in the back. There are hands right there in the middle. You know what? God's just calling me to do something this week. Might be sending a text message. Might be reaching out. I don't know, but Mark, I just want you to pray for me. Anybody else? God, I pray for every person that lifted their hands just now. God, I pray you give them courage, boldness, strength. To do whatever you are speaking into their lives right now. And God, that you would use it to make a difference. As we continue in this spirit of prayer, maybe you're here today and today's the day you need to ask Jesus to change your story. You need to be saved today. Today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I just invite you to pray this prayer right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you right here today. I want you to be my Lord. And help me to live for you from this moment. Forward. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love just to celebrate with you today. So in fact, today, if, you, if today's the day, you say, Mark, I want Jesus to change my story. Mark, I want to be saved today. Just raise your hand right now so that I can see it, just as, a sign, just as a sign to say, today I gave my life to Christ for the very first time. Raise your hand high so that I can see it, if that's you today. bless you. God, I just pray for every person here today as we wrap up our time together, we move into a time of celebration for the Heinz family. God, I just thank you for every person that's here. Every person that's here, God, that one person on our hearts and minds is far from you. Every person here represents dozens of people who could be impacted with the gospel. Jesus, let us not keep the story of a changed life that we've experienced to ourselves. Let us share it to share it this week. In Jesus' name, amen. some let's give God praise for today. Let's thank God for this opportunity. It's an awesome opportunity. Don't leave. Don't leave. Dana's going to come. Dana's going to close us out today to share with you just a second about next steps. And as she's coming, hey, if you're a first-time guest, make sure to take your card out there, but stick around for, for first steps. I'd love to meet you here in just a few minutes. Dana's going to share with us and close us out in prayer.
1: Hey, you guys. It's pouring the rain, so you want to take just a few minutes anyhow and listen to me because you don't want to walk out in the rain. But when you guys came in, you should have been given what we call a connection card. And so this is a great way for you guys to sign up for a next step. And you might not realize it, but everybody in here has a next step. It's just different for everybody else. Maybe your next step is baptism. Um, Maybe you need to join a life group. Maybe you want to serve. But everybody has a next step. You can indicate that on this card and, uh, take it to the welcome area, or there's going to be some people sitting around with, with baskets, and you can just drop that in there, and I'll be in contact with you this week. Another great thing that this is for is if you have a prayer request, because we look at prayer requests every week, and we have a prayer team, and we want to pray with you guys, because just like Mark said, when more than one person join in the presence of the Lord, then he is there, so we want to pray with you guys, and, um, and so put your prayer requests on here. Turn those in. If you're a second-timer, we have a free gift for you. It is actually a gift certificate to Jabo's. And big thanks to Jabo's for always taking care of us with these. But it is a, a gift certificate for a free 8-inch pizza. And if you guys have ever had their pizza, it's excellent. So if today's your second time, then then make sure that you go out there and get that. If it's your first time, there's a CD and some candy and stuff in that. So, But also stick around for First Steps with Mark because everybody wants to meet Mark because, you know, he's like the legend or something. He's laughing at me, but, um, but let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the, um, the message and Lord, I pray for everybody in here. I pray for their one because we were all somebody's one at, at some point. And I pray for their one. I pray that, um, that you will work through them this week and that they will will do something to encourage their one, that they will pray for their one, and they will lead their one to you, that they will invite them to church, and, and Lord, that you will just work through them in a magnificent way to impact that person. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys are dismissed.